Hey everyone, it's Lauren and Mark. Welcome to another edition of the Loose Lugs Racing Podcast. We have some great stuff in store. Let's get to it. All right. Hello, Loose Lug Nation. Today we have episode number 53. Mark, when I think of the number 53, I think of Scott Hansen, uh, Jake Carpenter, who used to race at WR. Now he's doing some dirt racing. Um, also, Bobby Helms had the most in NASCAR, I believe. Garrett Smith me- Smithley, excuse me. Bob Burdick had the only win in the number 53 in NASCAR. Who do you think of? Man, 53 is a popular number. How about Boris Yurkovic? He, uh, he had a bad wreck this, during this season. Cole Butcher? And uh, how about Jared Duda? And uh, and I like going back old school. How about back in the Shano Seymour Depeer days? How about Ted Peters? I he was my favorite growing up. He was a heck of a racer. And uh, you know Josh Balicki's been dabbling in the fifty three. And how about the greatest fifty three of all, dude? Herbie the Love Bug, huh? Slug <laughs> Bug, don't don't punch back. Fifty three, right there, buddy. For some reason, I did not think of Herbie, which is a miracle because I remember watching that as a kid and we go camping and we see uh, Herbie golf cart. I can't believe I missed that one. Well, I'm all over that. <laughs> we grew up with Volkswagens in the, in the family. Matter of fact, my mom and dad bought a, bought a Volkswagen from J.J. Smith. How, how was that back in the day? And, and while they were making the sale on that, I was out by the trailer with his uh, – um, Torino dirt car, the number 30 car, and they were all loaded up and they were ready to head up, head up to Shano that day. So my mom and dad were making a deal on a, on a white 67 Volkswagen while I was drooling all over that black Torino out in the parking lot on the trailer. <laughs> Memories. JJ Smith. There's a name. Uh, we've talked about him a few times on this podcast. Actually, I saw him and got to talk to him a little bit after the Eva destruction this year. Uh, Kirk Keen and I were announcing that and talking to JJ and there's some family ties. He drove for my, my great uncle and, uh, what a, what a legend that guy is. And he still talks to my grandma and grandpa. So, uh, good call on that one. Yeah, I seen him out at Les Stumford. They had an autograph session out there with 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 the bear, Roger Regas. I mean, to talk about uh, you know when uh, um, they were having a book signing out there, and you know JJ was so smooth, and and Roger played the the kind of <laughs> kind of the villain kind of thing. But uh, what a rivalry and what great racing back in the seventies that was. Hey, talk about fifty three. You know that Rick Ware Racing. You know they're looking around trying to get a driver. For this next year, um, they're going to have alliance with Stuart Haas Racing with uh, Rick Ware Racing. So that's going to enhance that program and the 53, 52, uh, 51, and the 15 card. They're talking only running two cars this year. If they can dig up sponsorship, they'll go three cars. Yeah, um, there's been some news happening. Actually, I have a bunch of silly season notes for the end of this podcast here that we can get into as well. And um, the news is really start going to start happening here with who's going to fill what seat and all that. In fact, when I was making my notes the other day, there was new, there was two or three after I made my notes just in that day alone. So uh, we're in the thick of it now for sure. 
Yeah, that's for sure. Now, now we sit back and see where the movement goes. Uh, um, yeah, all the good ones go early, man, and then uh, around January you start people pipping up uh, the less uh, um, successful drives. But they they all get a steering wheel here. <laughs> they make it all work, and they'll fill the field for it. Uh, when racing season starts in 22. For sure, for sure. Well, Mark, let's get into it. We have to talk about Martinsville, which was the cutoff race before we get into the championship four races. We'll start with the Camping World Truck Series. Uh, stage one was won by Todd Gilliland. Then it was Creed, Nemechek, Rhodes, Crafton, Zane Smith, Friesen, Sauter, Hosevar, and Hill. Stage two was also won by Gilliland. Then it was Nemechek, Creed, Sauter, Crafton, Rhodes. Um, Gray, Smith, Zane Smith, Hosevar, and Friesen. Yeah, quite exciting. Uh, you know, we like Martinsville, and uh, it was under the lights, you know, good stuff watching that stuff. Um, it, I believe it was under the lights, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, there was a lot of good stuff. Uh, it was uh, Josh Berry. He was having a brake problem, and they kept adding brake fluid to that that vehicle, you know. So that was in the, the first or the second stage there. But uh, good tight racing all the way around. Trucks put a good show on there at Martinsville. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, there was a big hit for Nemechek. He got into self in the uh, in one and two and then tried to pass him and self kind of Saturday night special them. It was uh, I, I have on my notes here. Just wow. Yeah, he hooked him. And then um, apparently Austin didn't have anything to say about it. Nemechek, he just decided he was going to walk his frustrations. back. <laughs> I think he walked to the infield care center is what he did. Uh, to cool off, um, um, that was tight racing, and um, you know, self didn't uh, appreciate getting moved out of turn two, so he finished them off over in three. Quite obvious. Yeah, he claimed it. Uh, it wasn't anything that he was turning into the corner, just like he was racing anyone else. Um, based on what happened in the previous corner, I disagree with that, but that's what he claims. So, uh, moving on, Kligerman got into Johnny Sauter. That may have been payback after, uh, Sauter got into Kligerman a little bit. Uh, Sauter obviously got the worst of, uh, that incident. Yeah, that's for sure. Just before that, when they had a restart, um, uh, Carson Holsabar got pinched for jumping the restart. And he was saying that Zane Smith spun his tires. Um, talk about a ball and strike call on that one. That was a judgment call. Yeah, for sure. Still going to have a lot of that in these um, races for a long time. But how about this one? Enfinger gets into Crafton, who spins. He actually doesn't lose too many positions. He kind of does a 360 there. Uh, Heim and Barry also get a piece of that one. But Crafton kind of said it's uh, – his useless teammate in Grand Infinger. He did a nice 360 spin and carried on, and and Josh Berry, his hood ended up over the windshield. Don't you hate that? It seems like every once in a while you see somebody's hood fly up over the windshield. Um, you know, I remember Kyle Petty talking someday. He said, "Some in your career of racing, one time you're going to find yourself with a hood over the windshield that <laughs> blocks all the view of there. Yeah, but, uh, you know, Grant Enfinger, I always thought he had a great relationship with the Thorsport teammates, and obviously he's moving on for next year, and we'll get into that a little bit, but Crafton calling him a useless teammate, I was kind of surprised by that. I know Crafton would be uh, upset about what happened, but I was surprised by that comment. 
Well, yeah, you can spark off like that when, uh, when in the heat of the moment. So <laughs> maybe then the next day you probably thought maybe I shouldn't have said that, but maybe you meant it. Who knows? So, yeah. Uh, Hyman Cram made contact with Cram getting the worst of that. It goes into overtime. Zane Smith in second chooses the bottom. I have in my notes here, I think that's going to be the right call. We'll see in a little bit if it was. Three wide for a whole lap for the lead. Friesen and Gillen make contact coming out of turn four. They spin, and Zane Smith wins the race to advance. He had to win to advance. Uh, unbelievable. You know, Creed had a pit under that last caution or two because of Crafton and Infinger getting into each other, and he would fail to advance along with Chandler Smith, Friesen, and Hosevar. Yeah, when the white flag came out, you know, when Gilliland got turned there, you know, and the white flag was displayed, and uh, got turned, and then uh, Friesen uh, must have had a cut tire, and then he spun and ruined a good finish for him. Um, and so, yep, the white flag was displayed, so then uh, Zane Smith takes the win there. Yeah, it was uh, Zane Smith, Hill, Tanner Gray, Chandler Smith, Crafton, Clagerman, Rhodes, Taylor Gray, Creed, and Timmy Hill. Um, Zane Smith, Rhodes, Nemechek, and Crafton advanced to the championship four. There was some fireworks after this one. Um, Crew members from uh, Todd Gillen's team. It may have been even his dad, David Gillen, and uh, a crew member from uh, Stuart Friesen's team kind of almost got into it there a little bit. Yeah, short track racing brings the best out of some people, don't they? It seems like always when you have short track racing and somebody doesn't get uh, treated uh, (laughs) with respect, they find themselves uh, talking it out. And uh, sometimes best things get settled between the trailers, right? Yep. Yep. We've seen that over (laughs) these playoffs a few times. How how about uh, moving into the Xfinity series here? How about in stage one, Ty Gibbs break checks mayor and mayor gets a ton of damage for it. I didn't understand why Gibbs did that. I know there's history there. I know there was probably some paint swap in there, but I just, I didn't understand that one. I have a lot of respect for both drivers. I just, uh, that one flabbergasted me a little bit. Yeah. Mayor got a bad deal out of that. He had major damage after that incident. So yeah, that one was a head scratcher there, man. Uh, Cindric would go on to win stage one. Then it was Hemrick, Elgire, AJ, Barry C, Gregson, Annette, Yaley, and Moffitt. Stage two goes to Noah Gregson, Harrison Burton, Gibbs, Jeff Burton, Cindric, Hemrick, AJ, Herbst, Clements, and Snyder round out the top ten. Yeah, that's for sure. So, And then uh, how about right at stage two when um, the 11, Justin Haley, had that brake fire and uh, there was no brakes, and they had some awesome camera work, man. That was really cool when they had the camera up inside there, and they were, you know, dealing with that brake <laughs> brake fluid. It was a hot deal there, man. That was uh, uh, good camera work. I enjoyed the heck out of that. That was a good view. Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, bad for Justin Haley, obviously hoping to get in the championship four, but great camera work, as you just said. Uh, Sieg also got into Snyder, who got into the wall. Then there was a big wreck on that restart. Boyd, who stayed out on the last caution, was stacking up the field previously. Annette, Herbs, Jeb Burton, Moffitt um, involved in that one hard hit for Michael Annette. Yeah, it was uh, one one guy from the back decided to stay out, and then uh, he just uh, stacked everybody up, caused a major mess there. Yeah, 
Um, at one point, Gregson fit into a small hole. Sindrick got into him a little bit. He uh, and then he got into Gibbs and Gibbs spins, and then Harrison Burton got kind of the worst of that. He had he had major front end damage. Yep, that's for sure. So yep, the nine turned him for sure. Noah, Noah Gregson turned him. So that yep, that was obvious. Um, and actually, I, I Sindrick got into Gregson too a little bit. There it was uh it was an interesting thing. It, it, that was a short track incident in, in my opinion. And then Haley spun with uh, seven or two to go there. Hemrick took the lead from Gregson quite a few laps prior. Then Gregson got a great restart. He takes the lead, but a caution comes out as Barry went around and it goes into overtime. Yeah, but before that, man, how about lap 201 when they, two, no, take that back, lap 217 when they said there was debris on the backstretch, and that debris ended up being the jack from the 20 car. And did you see that jack flying down the backstretch? That was a good giggler there, man. I enjoyed the hell out of that watching that jack flying down the backstretch. <laughs> it was quite uh, quite humorous. I, I like seeing that. And I thought the jack held up pretty pretty well. It was uh, it was going for quite the ride there. I'd say them little tires or them little steel wheels on that thing. That thing was just a singing while she was going down the backstretch. So I I got a laugh out of that one too. You usually don't see a jack go that far out of the pits. And uh, yeah, they called it. The, there's debris on the backstretch. Well, yeah, it was a big chunk of debris. It was a, it was the jack from the twenty car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, good, uh, good point out by you. Uh, Gregson and Hemrick would choose the inside for the restart. Sindrick to the outside. Gregson takes off and barely holds on to win to advance to the championship for another one who had to do it. It was Gregson, Sindrick, Hemrick, Mayer with that damage. Mayer coming home fourth was uh, quite the drive there by that Wisconsin driver. Uh, Elgire, Jones, AJ, LeBay, Clements, and Herbst. You know, uh, it almost looked like Gregson just about overdrove turn three, you know, and man, the 22 was right there. You know, if he would have beat him, Gregson would have been out and um, good race all around. Um, I thought there was some great respect there. You know, there's some, there's some rivalries that are all between them guys where there's been fisticuffs and pushing and shoving and everything. I thought there was some really great respect between the drivers. I, uh, I salute for what they did there at the end. Absolutely. I would say uh, quite the difference from the truck race. Uh, the Xfinity race put on a great show, a lot of respect there. You and I were even texting during it saying uh, quite the difference there. You know, uh, Gregson got out of the car. He shotguns a beer that a uh, fan gave him. I have here in my notes. Hell yeah, that was uh, good stuff. Gregson, AJ, Sindrick, Hemrick would advance to the championship four. Harrison Burton, Elgire, Jones, and Haley were eliminated. Yep. So that was that was a good race. Yeah, that was the one that was at night. The truck race was at noon that day, so they ran during the daytime. Got that mixed up there, so I'll correct myself. But yeah, that race went into the nighttime and um, changes the track conditions, you know, during the day and going into night um, in the twilight like that. Uh, awesome, awesome race, man. That's uh, Martinsville. Love that stuff. I think. One of the best things that Martinsville has done is put lights there under the lights. It's just, uh, man, it just, it looks better. It brings out, um, I don't, I more aggressiveness, I guess you would say. Uh, I love Martinsville under the lights. Yeah. The Saturday night's a good night for fighting, right? That's what the song <laughs> says. So, uh, um, Saturday night at the short tracks, man, that's, uh, that's what it's all about for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
let's go to the cup race uh, on Sunday at Martinsville. Hamlin would have to go to the rear in this one. Uh, Suarez and Newman make contact. Newman spins. Others get a, a piece of it. Close call for Denny as he was working his way forward. But then Denny was speed- speeding on pit road, and he lost all the ground he made up. Yeah, he's good for that. It seems like Denny always has uh, has issues with uh, with uh, speeding. He always pushes it to the limit on pit road. He sure does. Uh, Dylan was all over Blaney. Uh, I would be careful if I, uh, I were him. I had in my notes here because of the race prior with Dylan getting loose and getting into Blaney. And then Blaney break checks him in damage to the, the left rear of Blaney and right front of Dylan there. Um, exactly what I said previously. Uh, Dylan should have been a little more careful probably based on what happened the race prior. Right, yeah. Texas... Uh, the 12 ended up in the, in the backstretch wall. Um, the three, uh, Dylan ended up with a hole in the, like the headlight cover there. And they were saying how much of an advantage that was that that was keeping that front tire and brake cool on that side with that hole in there. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen that in the past. You think back in the mid-2000s with Dale Jr. Dale said that that was the best car he ever had when that uh, right front fender was off of it. Truex, similar results there. So, um yeah, it's interesting when they get that front damage there. It actually can work in, in their advantage. Uh, stage one was won by Chase Elliott, Larson, Truex, Byron, Brad, Kyle Busch, Dylan, Bowman, Logano, and Almarola were the rest of the top ten there. Larson was speeding on pit road after that, and then Dylan cuts a tire, uh, presumably from the damage uh, that Blaney and him, when they got together, caused it probably. Yeah, he ended up with a right front uh, flat tire. And then, uh, oh, and then the eight got a penalty for speeding too. Um, easy to speed on that little uh, little speed uh, pit road there. Uh, you cut, it seemed like you cut the corner. If you cut the corner, it's um, on the inside lane. You got to be careful because if you get from one spot to another, they'll pinch you for that. Yeah, and actually, Denny said that same thing that he was probably too low when he got his speeding penalty. So I think there's something to that. Uh, Chase Elliott goes on to win stage two. Bowman, Byron, Truex, Hamlin, Elmerola, Bell, Brad, Kyle Busch, and Kurt Busch were the uh, top 10. Uh, Chase Elliott had locked himself in with that stage win to the championship four. Yep, that changed his uh, strategy. Then he could just plain uh, race and go for the win. Yep. Uh, Kyle Busch was speeding on that uh, time through. Balicki then got into Hulf, and Hulf gets into the wall. Uh, Hulf retaliates under caution. Hulf was held five laps for spinning Balicki near the safety vehicle, not for spinning him out under caution, which a lot of people on social media were like, I can't believe it. Even people in the in the NASCAR media were saying, well, that's we never did that before. It was because it was a near uh, a safety vehicle. We have to be um, careful about how we word that. Yeah, yep. So, um, five lap penalty. That uh, that's uh, yep. That's what what happened there. That was the call that was made. Yep. Uh, Custer and Newman make contact, which leads to Newman spinning into Chastain, and then Newman goes hard into the wall. Chastain had a cut tire, and uh, had showed his displeasure with Newman. Yeah, poor Newman. You know. Uh, God, his his career is just kind of falling off here, and uh, I know he doesn't have a legitimate ride as of yet. Um, I don't know if we're going to see Newman, Newman uh, uh, coming up this year. I don't know if he'll take a part-time ride or take a 
a second-hand car. So I don't know if Newman's going to be around next year or not. I have a feeling somehow, some way, we're going to see him for a couple races. I don't know why. I don't have any knowledge of that. I just uh, find it hard to believe that he couldn't help a team in some way. Uh, but you never know, and it doesn't sound good as of right now. Uh, speaking of speeding, again, Larson was speeding on Penn Road. He was actually pushing Hamlin at one point. Yep, and uh, the 11 was pushing him, <laughs> and, uh, and the 5 got busted for speeding, so that was quite interesting. Uh, Dylan cuts another tire. There was a caution after that. Uh, then Brad gets into Elliott and, and chase spins. Uh, Truex had damage from contact with Brad a few uh, laps earlier. Stenhouse spins. Elliott, Larson, and Bubba get damage from that one. There was uh, chaos here in the last stage. Yeah, well, it's on. Everything was getting ratcheted up right there, man. We're getting to the end. Yep. Uh, Truex goes three wide and gets loose, loses a ton of positions. Uh, Almirola pushes him up the track a little bit. Then Kurt pushes him into the wall in the backstretch. A caution came out for pre-spinning, and that helped uh, Truex actually out. Uh, he was getting roughed up. Yeah, that was 30 laps to go. So, yeah, yeah well, yeah, getting roughed up is, uh, is the right way of saying that one. And it was interesting because you had non-playoff drivers doing that to uh, a playoff contender there. Uh, you and I have talked about that on the last few podcasts, how the – Non-playoff drivers have been super aggressive and not really cared about the the people being in the playoffs there, which is, uh, I guess, what we want to see, right? Yeah, well, yeah, that, that's what makes people watch the racing, man. That's what it's all about. Uh, Bowman was very aggressive. He pushes Denny, but then gives him the bottom, uh, knowing that Denny wasn't going to be happy with him. So don't Denny retakes the lead there, um, and then he. he Goes down to block Kyle Busch. There was a little bit of contact there. That was a tight hole. And then Bowman spins Hamlin. He got loose underneath him. The race would go into overtime. What a hack, huh? That was a hack of a move. But <laughs> anyway, Denny, Denny had a right to be upset. But uh, uh, the 48, you know, Bowman just just overdrove it just a little bit. And he washed up and he touched the 11. And doesn't take doesn't take much, man. And around she went. Yeah, and, and, you know, Bowman would go on to win. There was contact between Kyle Busch and Brad for second. Uh, Denny would join Bowman on the front stretch to show his displeasure. We'll get into that a little bit. Um, it ended up being um, Bowman, Kyle Busch, Brad, Truex, Byron, Elmerola, Kurt Busch, Jones, Busher, and Logano. Um Kyle Busch, Brad, Logano, and Blaney were eliminated. Larson, Elliott, Hamlin, and Truex would advance. And remember I said that that caution helped out Truex. Truex got into the right lane there and barely advanced, but that caution certainly helped him after he was getting roughed up. Uh, Mark, I would love to hear your thoughts on the victory lane front stretch deal between Bowman and Hamlin. Um, once again, we're using a car as a, I, I wouldn't call it a weapon, but it was, it was there. Um, I thought we were going to see a tug of war and <laughs> we were going to lock bumpers and let's see just who can drive it down. I, I thought there was a little disrespect there. If a guy wins the race, you should let him have his time. Um, it's amazing how much Hamlin gets booed at his home home track there. He's not well liked there. And Kyle Bush, he said he wanted to go over and, go over and punch Keselowski, he said, but what good is that? So I thought them two 
them two were together all day long and they raced with, uh, they respected each other, but uh, at the very end, um, finally, <laughs> finally that went awry. But uh, um, yeah, I didn't like what Denny did, but uh, oh well, guess what? That made the, the sports center and people watch that and that's what it's all about, man. Martinsville. Yeah, I didn't care for what Denny did. I can certainly understand his frustration, though, especially when you're thinking, uh, you know, that that could be your championship race going up in smoke there. Uh, he also called Bowman a hack, as you just referenced a, a few minutes ago, and effing terrible who gets his ass kicked by teammates every week. Um, so, the, you know, Denny has a way of putting out some one-liners there. Um I will say this: Bowman did win four races this year, which I don't think many people had him winning that much. So I will say Denny, I think is a little off in that uh, comment, but certainly frustrated there. The funny part to me, and I don't know if you caught this, there's two things here. Uh, Bowman the next day put out a shirt that says hack on it. And then on top of it, he um, took a picture of the sticker being placed on the car and did you see what name was on the um, post there? I did not. What was that? Well, on where the normal name would be, it said Hack Bowman instead of Alex Bowman. <laughs> so rub it in, rub it in, you know, and sold T-shirts right away. I think they were on the market the very next day. You know, teams find a, find a way to get that marketing done so people can get their T-shirts <laughs> right away for the next race. So that's pretty cool. It's all right. Yeah, someone would say, well, it's kind of ironic that all these uh, shirts are coming out a day after these races. You remember Chase Elliott and the Harvick thing and then the whole uh, duck hunting Chase Elliott thing after Darlington last year when Kyle Busch spun him. So, uh, but I, I think the sport needs that. I think that's hilarious. I've considered buying the shirts just because it's it's funny, you know, and I think the personalities that we've been seeing lately is exactly what the sport needs. Yeah, that's all right, man. So, um, it might, um, some people might not like it if they're on the opposite end of it, but, uh, oh, well, yeah, I'm all for it. Why not? Why not? Yeah. And you know, the other thing that you mentioned there was the Kyle Bush comments about Brad Keselowski. I wonder, like you said, they didn't have problems all day. They do have a little bit of a history. Uh, but that last corner move there where Kyle and Brad made contact and then uh, Kyle showed his displeasure by running into Kozlowski going down into turn one after they take the tracker flag. I wonder, because you heard some comments going into Martinsville and Phoenix from Kyle Busch saying how about Harvick. Um, I actually threw out the playoffs about Harvick, how he spun him on the last lap, even though that didn't affect Kyle Busch last year at Martinsville, but I think um, I think Kyle's being sick of, in his mind, I'm not saying this is what's happening, in his mind being run over and being ran into and all this stuff, uh, even though he knows what's on the line, I think he's about had enough of it. Well, yeah. And once when you realize that you're not moving on to the championship, just like, oh, what the hell, I'm just going to dump him in frustration and uh, so be it. <laughs> all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden you see what went on over there after the race. But, um, you know, them two have a history. They've been, you know, for longest time. Them, But I thought they raced respectfully. They were together all day long. And I thought they raced respectfully. But then finally the frustration kicked in when they realized they weren't moving on. Yep. 
Yep. And, and like you said, that's Martinsville. Martin, Martinsville in any really short track has, um, has that frustration, has the best coming out of you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we always expected every time that somebody's going to get their feelings hurt there. And, uh, um, yep. And that's, that's Martinsville. And if you ever want to pay somebody back, that's the place to do it. And it seems like that's sometimes that's what happens. Yep. Uh, well, we, let's get into the championship four here. We'll again, start with the camping world truck series. Uh, Nemechek hits the wall after getting too high there really early. He had a left front tire down, uh, that, uh, could have been disastrous early stage. One was won by Chandler Smith. Creed, Gilliland, Friesen, Rhodes, Hosevar, Kraft, and Eckes, Zane Smith, and Krauss rounded out the top 10. Uh, stage 2 was also won by Chandler Smith, Creed, Rhodes, Friesen, Gilliland, Zane Smith, Hosevar, Kraft, and Enfinger, Eckes, um, with a late pass, or uh, excuse me, um, Eckes was the top 10. Chandler Smith took the stage win with a late pass there. You know, Nemechek had an opportunity to go one lap down and take the uh, wave around there and chose not to. That was an interesting decision there by that team. You know, and it, it showed at the end that he still had the fastest vehicle. Um, you know, that really sucked, you know, on that lap one, you know, it was bad enough that he got up into the wall, you know, but when he came back down, Chris White, right, he sideswiped him and that's what cut that front left tire. Um, Kyle Bush was on the box and you could see some frustration with him. Um yeah, there was a strategy there. If a caution would have came, like let's say lap 35, 35 to go, um, I don't know. Nemechek was coming like a freight train, but he just ran out of laps, man. He didn't get there. Yep, he was able to get one of his laps back. Then a caution came out later on for a stop truck. He got the free pass. He went on to the lead lap there, but it was Chandler Smith who was really the best truck all day long, in my opinion, taking the win, a non-playoff driver. Friesen was second. Rhodes, Creed, Zane Smith, Eckes, Nemechek, Gillen, Hosevar, and Hill were the rest of the top ten. Rhodes got by Zane Smith late by shifting and is your Camping World Truck Series champion. Thor Sport wins their first owner's championship. Toyota is the manufacturer champion for the series, and Chandler Smith is the rookie of the year. Yep. So, yeah, there was not much, uh, not much carnage or anything like that for for the Phoenix race. Um, just flat out racing. Um, good race, Chandler Smith. I think I picked him to win the championship this year, and he finally came around and uh, um, and took that race um, quite dominant. So, yeah, good good race there at Phoenix, and uh, yeah, congratulations to ninety nineteen. Yep, absolutely. Great job by Thorsport. Great job by Ben Rhodes. Uh, you know, he goes from winning the first two races to kind of struggling. Maybe they were testing a little bit after that to winning the championship. Great job by uh, Thorsports and that team. And, you know, our friend Ty Majeski is involved with that team. So great to, it's great to see him involved with that as well. And I'll say this, Chandler Smith, with how he has raced lately, I think he may be the champion next year. I think he's going to wave, uh, ride this momentum into next year. Well, we saw him down at Winchester, man. He was just in a whole different area code down there. If the vehicle went to shut off for him, we could see the talent there, man. He was just in a league of his own down at Winchester. 
So it's obvious that he has he has a lot of talent, man. Yep, for sure. Yep, yep. It'll be interesting to see who lands and what ride. Again, we'll get into that after we get into all of the championship four standings here. Let's transition over to the Xfinity series then at Phoenix for the championship four. Stage one was won by Sindrick, Hemrick, Nemechek, Elgeyer, Gregson, Jones, AJ, Annette, Herbst, and Haley were the top ten. Stage two was won by Hemrick. Then Sindrick, Nemechek, Elgeyer, Gregson, AJ, Haley, Harrison Burton, Annette, and Herbst was the top 10 there. And an interesting call slash no call happened there. Uh, no call on the loose tire for Gregson in the pits. Uh, an interesting no call there. It did go just outside the box, not too far, but it did go outside. But uh, they decided not to call it. But he ended up hitting a little bit later on, went to the back. So it ended up making a no call. But, uh, yeah, I text you like, what the heck? That was on, on pit road. Um, so <laughs> there was no penalty there. And I got double question marks on that one. Like, no penalty? Really? But uh, once again, judgment call. And that, that was the call that was <laughs> not made. Yep. Uh, then it got kind of interesting, you know, Sage Karam, who was an IndyCar sports car driver for, for a while, still a young driver, uh, had a little bit of a, a rough go at it here in the middle of the race. Uh, hard hit for Joe Graff Jr. after uh, Karam gets into him. It actually broke the back window. It's been a long time or maybe the first time I've ever seen that. And then he also got into Mills, and Mills goes hard in the wall shortly after that. So a little bit of uh, a rough goal for Sage Karenham and those other drivers there. Yep, strike one, and then uh, strike two, same thing in turn two. So, yep, yep, he was uh, he was acting like a pinball there a little bit. Uh, maybe a little inexperienced, but, well, you know, that's the way it is. Yeah, and actually, now that I think about it, I saw a video of Joe Graff Jr. and Jeffrey Earnhardt being – not so happy with each other after the race as well. So um, there were some emotions in this race as well, as to be expected. Uh, Justin Allgaier goes to the apron on the restart, but it was before the start finish line. He will have to go to the back. A caution actually saved him from probably doing a pit road dealie. Uh, AJ reported a loose tire with many, uh, many laps ago and then spun with 20 to go. Yeah, and you could see the tire and the, the lug holes, and they were, um, yeah, they were oval, so there was definitely a loose tire, and he just uh, just snapped loose on him, and he ended up spinning over there in turn two. Yep, Noah went into the wall hard, but no caution there in turn one. Um, unfortunate for him. Another caution came out with six to go, Buford and Williams. Um I have here, I got a little frustrated why that was going to be a great finish. I just, they were, uh, the race and I, I totally understand it, but I was just a little frustrated that led to it to going into overtime and what an unreal finish. Uh, Hemrick makes a last corner pass and wins the race and championship. There was co uh, contact, but nothing egregious. The best race of the weekend by far. Yeah, by far, for sure. Um, yep, he did a bonsai move on the last corner and uh, and just just uh, just beat him to the line. And what a burnout, you know. <laughs> he did the best burnout ever. And then, uh, you know, the steam was flying, the smoke was flying, and then he did the flip, you know, he, he flipped himself, you know, he said, for the victory. Not bad for a guy that uh, – 
Um, the, the vehicle made it uh, 20 minutes before practice. Apparently, their hauler um, hit a deer carcass somewhere in Texas, and uh, the truck almost went in the ditch. And uh, they had uh, issues like that. And they, they just got to Phoenix just in time. And, you know, we've been waiting for Hemrick to win a race. And, boy, what a way to do that, man, win the race and then take the championship on top of it. Yeah, you and I have both been saying it's amazing that he hasn't won a race. When he wins, he'll probably win a ton here. We'll get into that a little bit, too. Uh, Hemrick, Sindrick, Harrison Burton, Herbst, Haley, Nemechek, Jones, Moffitt, Elgair, and Creed were the top ten. What a great interview by Sindrick, who uh, got moved uh, at the end. But, you know, he was uh, gracious in his interview. He understood that he was racing for the championship. He left that left rear quarter panel open a little bit. Uh, Penske would be the owner's champion for the number 22 car. Chevrolet was the manufacturer champion. Ty Gibbs was the rookie of the year, even though he didn't race the full year. Um, but let's get into Hemrick a little bit. You know, he's going to be moving on to colleague racing in that 11. And uh, Dale Jr. made some comments on this past week's Dale Jr. download saying that it could be a very rough season for Hemrick next year, which surprised me. But I guess what Dale Jr. is saying, it could hold true because colleagues going to the Cup Series, they're going to be focusing a lot of effort on that instead of just the Xfinity Series. So could that team start to lack a little bit and then Hemrick goes into that uh, car and and it doesn't perform up to even Daniel's ta uh, talent? Uh, kind of an interesting thought there, but, um, man, you saw how many people congratulate Daniel Hemrick, his peers, people in the Cup Series, all around racing, all around the world in racing. He's one of the great guys. We've met him, hung around him. Um Man, so happy for him and, and, and his team, his his family. And, you know, his wife was a heck of a racer, too. So she understands the whole thing, has been by his side the whole time. So uh, great job by Daniel Hamrick. I was super happy to see him win in that fashion. Yes, sir. That was uh, very popular. Yeah, you you met him. Uh, we both met him at Slinger and at Kakana here when he was running the super late around this area. And um, nice guy, heck of a nice guy. Yeah, that Cedric interview, man, that was uh, that was such a class act. You know, to lose the championship like that and just like, you know, he tipped his hat and um, just outstanding sportsmanship, man. That is really cool. I uh, um, I really do like Cedric, uh, the way that he uh, uh, held himself up after losing the championship like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you go back a few years with Cedric uh, and, you know, he um, spun Kaz Grella to get his first win there in the truck series. He was a little rough in the truck series, a little rough when he first got into the Xfinity series. And to see him mature and how he drives now, the future is very bright. And I'm going to be curious to see how he does in the Cup Series full time next year. Well, you probably, probably I expect him to do just about like what Briscoe did this year. So um, he'll be. Uh, rather relevant, maybe on road courses or anything like that. But he's he'll probably have a little bit of growing to do. He's uh, he has some um, experience a little bit uh, in the 33 Penske car uh, running some of the road courses. So um, I expect him to do well on road courses. But uh, uh, with other uh, other guys in ovals and stuff like that, um, he's going to have to learn a little bit. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll see where his career goes. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I just be um, with his experience on the road courses has me thinking uh, could be a better season than people are thinking. Uh, but we'll we'll see. Let's uh, speaking of the Cup Series. Let's jump into the Cup Series for the Championship Four at Phoenix. 
early on, LaJoy gets into uh, Bubba Wallace. Bubba goes hard on the wall, and Bubba claps at LaJoy, who is actually a good friend of Bubba's as they uh, as, Bubba, as LaJoy passes him again. Uh, and then also it was a little rough for LaJoy. LaJoy and Stenhouse got together. LaJoy went into the wall shortly after that. He got loose into the 47, and uh, it was just a bad start, bad day for Corey LaJoy and team. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, he gave him the, the clap and not the finger. So, it, uh, you know, if they weren't friends, he probably would have been more um, – <laughs> would have showed more signs. It was uh, – you know, Larson, they came up with a strategy. They were on pit road on lap six, and they're just like, wow, what the heck is that strategy all about? And see how that plays out as the race went on. Yeah, in fact, it looked like it was going to be a bad call, and then uh, – that second caution came out and actually it, it kind of helped them. I believe stage one was won by Truex. Then it was Harvick, Elliott, Hamlin, Larson, Byron, Custer, Blaney, Kurt Busch, and Matt Benedetto. Close call when Larson squeezes Elliott out of turn two for the lead going down that uh, back stretch, the former front stretch there. Uh, man, that was almost big for probably the front two runners for the championship at that point. Yep, that's for sure. But, you know, later on, um, you know, the nine made contact with the Larson and he pushed the uh, um, he pushed the back right fender behind the tire, pushed it in and gave him more downforce. And Hamlin saw that and he said he was jealous of that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, Larson was having issues with handling and uh, that corrected uh, the whole car. And then he was on his way after that. Yeah, well, that was that same incident that I was just talking about when they got the squeezed out of turn two there. Amazing that that caved in the way it did and was going to help Larson. What's the chances of that when really it should have been a wreck? I mean, that was very that was that was as close as you get to ending your day there. Uh, stage two would end up going to Larson. Then it was Chase Elliott, Hamlin, Truex, Blaney, Harvick, Brad, Kyle Busch, Logano, and Byron. And then Alfredo blows a tire and goes hard into the wall. That was, uh, boy, that was that was a tough hit. That's a bad angle and a bad place of that racetrack to go into that corner like that and hit that wall head on. And, hey, Briscoe earlier when he uh, the skirt uh, looked like it had damage uh, from a tire rubber or something like that, and it rubbed that tire down, he backed into the wall. And that was a vicious back into the wall too. So, yeah, you can wreck hard there at Phoenix, man. You're moving right along there. Absolutely. And when Alfredo wrecked, Truex, Truex was on pit road and was able to beat Chase Elliott to the finish line. And that would cycle Truex to the lead instead of being a lap down. That saved Truex's day, Truex's season. You know, the interesting thing, I was listening to Door Bumper Clearer this week, and they said that they saw and heard Chase Elliott actually lift off of the gas. And that's what... um help Truex beat him to the line if he would have stuck in it. And they said they've seen people do this where they stick in the gas and trap someone a lap down, even though you're supposed to slow down a little bit. If he, if he wouldn't have let off the gas, that Truex would have been stuck a lap down and that would have changed everything. You know, and the championship's on the line. So yeah, it's amazing. He didn't, you know, think of that to, to try to uh, keep uh, Truex uh, a lap down there. So yeah, Truex got very lucky on that one, but uh, hey, kudos to his pit crew to get him back out there right away. 
Absolutely. Uh, there's a caution for David Starr with 30 to go. They would restart with 24 to go. And Kyle Larson would hold on, win the championship, win the race over Truex, Hamlin, Blaney, Elliott, Elmerola, Cobbush, Harvick, Bell, and Harvick. Uh, Larson, in his interview, said he didn't think he would be driving a year and a half ago after his uh, uh, his incident, I guess you would say, or the word that he chose to say, which should never be um, said, but this country is built on second chances. Rick Hendricks said that many of times, and uh, what a dream season for him in that car. I don't think anyone saw this type of season coming from him, especially hopping, hopping into a car, which the new package he didn't have a lot of experience with. He was out of the car for a while, Um Great job by Kyle, Cliff Daniels, Hendrick, that whole five team. You know, his his pit crew won that race for him because they came in fourth, and uh, wow, and they beat him back. And I think um, hopefully you got the page of all the loose lug nuts that was at the end of that race. I think there was um, 10 total through the weekend, but I think there was like seven in the Cup Series that uh, there was some guys that were pushing the limit with loose lug nuts. Uh, but, yeah, the pit crew is the one that won that race for Kyle Larson. And once when he had clean air and it was off to the well, off to the races, dude, and, and nobody could catch him. I mean, Truex was there, and he was trying to find clean air going high and low and trying to use the sticky stuff and all that. And uh, But, uh, yeah, and Larson, wow, <laughs> uh, very emotional, dude. Uh, just like, wow, look at him. He's um, he's bawling like a little girl. So, But, <laughs> but anyway, it's uh, – Good race, good. Uh, he deserved it, man. That that team was, I mean, won ten races this year. Definitely deserved it. So, yeah, Kyle Larson. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens if he can go back to back next year. Pretty much expect he might be there. Yeah, it'll be interesting with that new uh, that next gen car and how that changes things. I don't have all of the loose lugs, unfortunately, which I should have, considering it'll be the last time we talk about it. But I know, listening to the door bumper clear, that three of them were Larson, Truex, and Hamlin because they spoke about how throughout the race, I found you're going to find this very interesting, I think, Mark. They were talking about how Larson, Truex, and Hamlin all had one loose lug nut, but Elliott did not, and that was probably the wrong call because they were saying those three teams said, we'll give up the $10,000 to have a shot at the championship. Now, that may have not costed Chase the, the championship, but it was interesting hearing that. And they said on every stop besides what they think will be the last stop, they will only tighten four, four lug nuts throughout the whole day until the end so they don't get fined or penalized. I, I didn't realize they were doing that. It makes a lot of sense. Um, but uh, I was listening to Tad, and they gave some great information. Yeah, I got it here on J-Ski of all the loose lug nuts. And, you know, the uh, the crew chief gets fined $10,000 every time. Uh, Keselowski, Larson, um, Hamlin, Kyle Busch, uh, the 19 of Truex, also the 21. Benedetto, he, uh, all of them had loose lug nuts at the end of the race. Um, in the Xfinity series, uh, the 11 and the 54 also had them. They only find them 5,000 in that series. And, uh, and then there was a couple for the truck race too. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, trying to push it to the limit like that. Larson's crew somehow, I don't know, man, uh, the, the pit road of having the first pit stall, 
uh, was also the advantage. You know, that's how Dale Earnhardt got all his championships back then. But uh, I kind of stick that in there in parentheses because that is such an advantage to have the number one pit stall. All you got to do is dump the clutch and bang, and you're on the line, you know. So, um, yep, that was his advantage, and his crew chief or his crew uh, got him the championship. That that was a whole team effort there, and, um, yep, they're the champs this year. Congrats to them. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that you brought up the Dale Earnhardt situation in the in the f- first pit stall there because I was going to bring that up to you because they uh, Kyle basically just had to roll through his pit stall to win that race off of pit road. And you have told me over the years and on this podcast a few times about how Dale Earnhardt won so many championships because the champion had the first pit stall for the entire year, and that's what really helped him. So I'm so glad that you brought that up because I was going to mention that on here, uh, but you did it for me. You know, uh, Chevrolet was the manufacturer's champion. Uh, Hendrick was the owner's champion, and Chase Briscoe is rookie of the year. Yep, so it looks like Ford's going to have to do some homework, man, because they didn't make it in the final four. Um it looked good to see Harvick was actually, you know, he finished fifth in points after all this hard season of him and, and Stuart Haas and struggling. You know, it seemed like that team was starting to finally find it there at the end, but they ran out of steam. Yeah, Ford's going to have to figure out how to um, improve next year. <laughs> it, I've been kind of looking at this new car coming up this year, man. It, it, we, we got a lot of learning to do, man, and and and. These teams are all. There's going to be some people that are going to struggle with this new car. Um, they had a, they had it on the Dale Junior download, and they were talking to Austin Dillon and one of the um, leaders from Chevrolet. Um, quite interesting show um, to talk about this new car that's coming out. Um, yeah, there's going to be some growing pains that's going to happen with that. Absolutely, yep. And and they divulged a lot of information on the Dale Junior download uh, that wasn't shown on the TV. If you can listen to it. I recommend listening to it because there's so much more information than what TV shows. It's incredible. Um, also, I think I'm going to start listening to Door Bumper Clear more and more because they give a lot of uh, information there. Um, great job by Dirty Mo Media and, and all those folks involved. Uh, they do a great job. Hey, uh, before we end here, Mark, um, I wanted to go into some silly season here in, in the note and everything that's been recorded to this point this is what we know we'll start in the truck series uh kobe howard is going to the second team of mcanally higgleman racing which is switching to chevrolet uh Nemechek is returning to kbm tanner gray is returning to david gillen racing but he'll have a new crew chief in jerry baxter who is previously with the petty cup team uh taylor gray is expected to run part-time for david gillen racing again McAnally Hilgeman Racing is still working on bringing Derek Krause back. Grant Enfinger switches from Thorsport to GMS. Uh, Enfinger was with GMS previously to be in with Thorsport as well. Uh, Jack Wood will be full-time with GMS. Carson Holsevar returns to Nice. Dean Thompson and Lawless Allen to Nice Motorsports full-time. Crafton and Ben Rhodes are returning to Thorsport, but Crafton will have a new crew chief as Junior Joyner moves on to run his own business. So here are my questions that I have on, um, on here. What happens to the rest of the open seats at Thorsport, GMS, Hattori, KBM, Young's Motorsports, Jordan Anderson, David Gillen Racing, and etc.? And also what's going to happen to Haley Deegan, Jordan Anderson, Corey Roper, Corey Robaugh, Jennifer Joe Cobb, Johnny Sauter, Chandler Smith, Spencer Boyd, Zane Smith, 
uh, Austin Winsell, Tyler Ankrum, uh, Todd Gilliland, Stuart Friesen, Christian Eckes, and Ty Majeski, because all of those have not been announced yet. Well, you know, we're still before Thanksgiving, dude, so there's time. But, uh, yeah, if you just kind of watch every day and you'll start watching the cards fall and where they go, um, you know, sponsorship's going to have a lot to do with it too. But, uh, yep, that's going to be a daily kind of thing to just pay attention to it, and you'll uh, they'll start falling into place here as we go. Silly season, um, just as good as the race season, man. Absolutely. Going into the Xfinity Series, here's what we know about silly season for the Xfinity Series. Sheldon Creed is going to RCR from the trucks. Elgeyer is returning to JRM. Um, Josh Berry is going to JRM full-time this time. Noah Gregson returns to JRM, but we'll have a new, uh, new crew chief. Dave Ellens is going to Petty Motorsports to be the crew chief for Eric Jones in the Cup Series. Daniel, Daniel Hemrick is going to Colleague from JGR. A.J. Elmendinger returns to Colleague. Brandon Jones returns to JGR. Mike Snyder is going to be in the Jordan Anderson Racing car he goes there from rcr ryan sieg returns in his car martin's motorsports changes to alpha prime racing and we'll have multiple drivers including tommy joe martins caesar baccarella raja Cruz, andy lally and ryan ellis jade buford returns to big machine records racing jeremy clements returns sam mayer is going to be full-time for jrm austin hill goes to rcr from the truck series Jesse Awuji is going to be driving for his own team, who is also owned by Emmett Smith, the Dallas Cowboys running back Hall of Famer. Stefan Parsons, full-time to B.J. McLeod. Nick Sanchez, part-time with B.J. McLeod. Herbst is likely to return to HSR, but that is not official. Josh Williams is likely to return to DGM Racing, not official. Brandon Brown likely returns as well. And Ty Gibbs will be full-time in the JGR team. Uh, this year. So what will happen with open seats at Colleg, JGR, Penske, Sam Hunt, and et cetera. Still a lot to fall into place there. Same thing, man. Same thing. There's a lots of openings, but it's early yet, you know, just got over the season here, but yep. A lot of people are going to be moving here and there and we'll see, uh, see where they land. Yep. And here are the things that we know about the cup series related to silly season. Ross Chastain to track house racing from Ganassi, obviously Ganassi leaving the sport. Uh, Austin Sindrick to the Penske number two team from the Xfinity series. Austin Dillon returns, Harvick returns, Larson returns. Kozlowski to Roush Fenway's number six. There is a name change coming, I believe. There is a press conference coming Tuesday, November 16th, so this upcoming Tuesday, and I believe there will be some kind of name change. Rumor has it it may be Roush Fenway Kozlowski Racing or something along those lines. Lloyd, uh, Corey LaJoy is expected to return, nothing official yet. Reddick will return, Chase Elliott returns. Elmerola is expected to return, but nothing official yet. Hamlin Blaney Briscoe returns. Justin Haley to the Cup Series from Xfinity with Colleague, Busher, Kyle Busch, Truex, all return. Uh, Christopher Bill is expected to return. Logano, Bubba Wallace, and Byron return. McDowell is expected to return. Nothing official yet. Custer, Jones return. Kurt Busch to 2311 from Ganassi. Stenhouse returns. Bowman returns. Ty Dillon will be uh, at GMS in their Cup Series car and Suarez returns. So uh, the questions here are what happens to Alfredo and the open seats at Front Row, Spire, Rick Ware Racing, uh, Live Fast Racing, Colleague, 
who has only announced Haley so far for the Cup Series and AJ running part-time. Rumor has it they'll have a second full-time team. Starcom is leaving the sport, and then uh, what happens to the Gaunt brothers and, and others. So um, that's what we know for all three series right now. There's been some interesting moves, and I hear they're going to be more interesting news dropping here very shortly. Um, there's one that you missed there, buddy, uh, Harrison Burton. He's going to be in the 21 car. And then that puts the Benedetto, and he's he's searching high and low to figure if he's going to stay in Cup or go go down uh, um, go down to a lower series. But uh, yeah, there's uh, there's <laughs> lots of movement that's going to be coming up on here too. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, silly season. Same thing as the other two series. We'll just have to watch daily and see where it lands. Yes. Um, thank you for pointing out. Um, somehow I missed Harrison Burton going to the 21. I must have. Uh, deleted that or not uh, written that down. So, um, you know, and Matt Benedetto, the other thing about him is um, he's making headlines with that whole let's go Brandon uh, thing that he said before the uh, qualifying or practice session down at Phoenix. A lot of people are unhappy. I think it was uh, this report. This is not an official report. There's rumors out there saying that Ford actually wanted to pull him out of the seat for that comment. Um, there's people who are saying that it's not true. Uh, but it's also said that um, the Wood brothers wanted to keep him in there. So they fought for him to do the last race there. Again, the, there's a lot of people saying that's not true, but there are rumors out there saying that this is what happened. In fact, the door bumper clear guys touched on that a little bit um, as well, what they were hearing from the garage. So um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. We're going to hear a lot of things here shortly. It's going to be a daily occurrence. Now where you're, we're going to have to be checking to see what happens. Um, but uh, excited for uh, the season to begin in a little while. You know, we got a, a few weeks, a few months off here, and then uh, it's going to be go time again. Yeah, that's for sure. Hey, last weekend, uh, A.J. Allmendinger was talking, too, that he's going to, for Colic Racing, they're going to run 12 to 15 cup races um, on the side of him running the Xfinity Series. So, uh, you know, AJ, <laughs> he's a heck of a racer, especially on road courses. You know, he, he got a victory this year also on the cup side. So uh, throw his hat in the in the ring too. Um, but more than likely, he's going to run 12 to 15 races. So uh, something to look at there too. Yeah, I'm surprised. Um, I mentioned that at the end that AJ is going to be running part-time. I'm surprised he's not going full-time with as many road courses there are in the cup series next year. I think uh, – Man, you could sell a lot of sponsorship because you got to think AJ is going to pull one of those off. He pulled one off this past year, um, and then you're probably in the playoffs. So I'm surprised that they only went part time with him. But rumors are they're going to have a second full time team, and we'll wait to hear more about that as well. Yeah, there's something going on with JR Motorsports too, and they want to they want to get a Cup team going, but uh, they say their charter is a stumbling block, and it don't look like that might uh, happen here in 22, possibly 23. So. We'll, We'll see where that ends up also going to. Um, they were talking about, you know, um, they were practicing the new car at Bowman Gray. Uh, Tony Stewart and Dale Earnhardt Jr. were, were testing out the, the new the new car, and they were talking about the, the throttle response and the, the, the steering. Um, they talked about the heat of the car. They have the uh, exhaust pipe right underneath the driver's seat, and, yeah, I guess they had a temperature gauge on it, like 170 degrees in the cockpit. They spent a whole afternoon trying to cool the car off. They have some uh, horizontal vents in the back window, and then there's a 
there's a vent that's in the front of the window and there's some louvers in the hood that tries to take the heat from the radiator and try to disperse the heat out of the car there. Um, quite, in, quite interesting with the 18-inch tire and this one lug nut. And, you know, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. was worried about that, that nut that would back off. And I guess there's a locking mechanism that works with that nut there. So, they, so um, you know, can't have a – I guess you could still have a loose lug nut, but um, at least we uh, don't have to worry about the, the nut coming back off. And um, all kinds of interesting things like this. There's um, – Dylan was saying, like, if they're going to race at the L.A. Coliseum, you know, it's going to be quite exciting race. But as for the owners, uh, taking a brand spanking new car and, uh, <laughs> and put it on a little bull rig like that, we're going to see how durable these cars really are. Um, they were talking when the 24, um, he was racing at, he was testing, I think it was at Dover. You know, maybe that was Vegas, something like that. And they said he piled it into the turn, uh, the back stretch wall. And they said within a half hour, they could actually uh, unbolt the front and back clip. And in a half an hour, and that car was right back and ready to go. So it's like putting a puzzle back together when you trash a car and you can actually have it back together in 30 minutes. So um, quite interesting, uh, interesting stuff. Paying attention to this new car and see how it works, man. Yeah, we touched on that in the last podcast, too, about what uh, Dale Jr. said about the sidewall, the tire, and what Tony and, and Clint said. Um, but some more information has come out uh, about it there, and you alluded to some of it that we didn't cover. Uh, I'm excited to see the new car. I think it's an exciting time. Um, it's interesting to think about that we've seen the last five lug nut pit stop. Uh, that's bizarre to me. I, <laughs> they brought it up a few times this past weekend. Uh, still trying to wrap my head around it. I knew it was coming, but it's just, it's going to be a lot different. And also there was a video of showing how it, it it's going to work very similarly to sports cars where they take the gun and it has magnets in it. And when they take off the nut, the nut is locked in ma uh, magnetically to the gun. So they pull the tire out and it's that same nut going back on. Um, so it's going to be very similar to the sport car mechanism with that magnetic uh, gun that the lug nuts going to sit in. So, yeah, interesting, <laughs> interesting stuff right there. And then uh, they're talking about the brakes and the rotors and how much, how much, uh, you know, larger they are because of that 18 inch tire that's on there. Um, they were, you know, at the beginning, they were talking about putting hydraulics on it so that they didn't have to have a jack man um, out on pit road and they scrapped that idea for this year, um, you know, for safety reasons of keeping less guys out on pit road. Um, but there'll still be a jack man. Uh, but they were talking about, you know, putting hydraulics on it. And, and so we didn't have to have that. So uh, I'm glad they didn't go that way. But uh, for safety reasons, uh, we'll see where that goes later on down the line. Yeah. And then they also talked about making it more uh, electronic and getting more, um, electronics involved and they said they did, couldn't go all far as they probably will eventually but to keep the cost down uh they just couldn't do some of the stuff so maybe that um air jack that uh, i would assume it's an air jack similar to indycar and all that um that was probably a, a factor in it as well but uh 
I'm excited to see how this new car performs. We've been hearing about it. Uh, it was supposed to be released, what, last year, and then it got pushed back to 21 and then eventually to 22. So we've been hearing about it for the last few years, and I'm uh, excited to see multiple on the track racing competitively. Dylan was saying that, you know, they got these louvers underneath the back bumper of the car, and it directs the air underneath the car. And Austin Dillon says, you're going to see guys that, you know, if they end up uh, racing rougher or whatever, that you could come up behind a guy and drive your splitter underneath their back bumper and mess up those louvers on the backside. And, and Austin Dillon said, kind of like, if, uh, you know, <laughs> if someone drives me wrong, I'll just go right up there and just knock them louvers out, knock their setup in their car. Um, quite, <laughs> quite interesting there. We ain't going to have no more aprons anymore, dude. That, uh, that whole bottom of that car is all sealed off, and so there's no bending off on the, on these aprons and stuff like that. That's all gone away now. Um, Sharp-looking car. They're talking just how much these cars actually look like something that's at the showroom that you can go to your local dealer and you can go buy one. And, hey, how about Mopar and Dodge? That, that just doesn't go away. That Dodge has been talking, and they've got pictures of the car, and, it's looking like Dodge, you know, and NASCAR is not saying much about not saying that Dodge is going to be involved, but, um, hey, I'm all for that to come back too, man. That'd be cool. Yeah, and going back to that back half of the car, I can't remember what the part is exactly called, but it provides downforce. And Austin was talking about how you could hit that and actually take away whatever percentage of downforce it is, 30 40%. But the Chevrolet uh, guy who was on the Dale Jr. download with Austin Dillon said, well, I think of the opposite, that you could actually move in a way that it's going to help that person. Um, so the thing, I think that's probably what you're talking about there. I can't remember uh, exactly what the part is called, but there, it's, there's a lot of interesting aspects to this car um and where the downforce comes from and all that i will say it's exciting to say that these cars do look like more of the the showroom car where you can go and buy they talked a lot about that where you can uh it looks similar to the cars and dale said it looks so similar that it's probably as close as we've gotten since the 80s so that's i think that'll help a lot of things too um yeah, so so interesting. They were talking about um, the heat, too, going back to that a little bit, about how something in the old car allows the air to kind of move around, whereas the new car it kind of doesn't let that do it inside the car. So that's the reason they had to do some of these, like, window things where they would try to get the air moving a little bit, and that's the reason why it's been so hot. Um, but the Dodge thing as well that you alluded to, um, there was actually a, a comment from, I can't remember if it was from Steve Phelps or who it was from that said, it's, it's not necessarily close, but the way he put it makes you think that in a year or two, Dodge will definitely be back in the sport. He, the, uh, you know, NASCAR has been quiet on it and he actually made a comment on it. And that makes me think that it's very close. Yeah, I think so. I think Dodge has been just sitting on the back burner all these years. I've seen pictures year ago, years ago when they had all these Dodge engines that were all sitting on crates and just ready to go, and they wanted to get back into NASCAR. And, hey, no better time now with a brand-new car, you know. Um, um, yeah, <laughs> why not? Um, maybe there might be some other, other um, car makes that might get into it too. Yeah, I think with the cost and everything now being lowered, you, you definitely could see that. 
Um, yeah, the Dodge thing that that is exciting. I think it's would be really really great if they got back into the sport. Um, yeah, if they have the you know the supplies hanging around yet, and they've been trying to get in, now is probably the best time. So, um, like I said, I think since NASCAR commented, I think it's it's pretty close. Yeah, for sure. You know, I see here that Matt McCall. You know, he's going to be the crew chief for Brad Keselowski taking over that yep. uh, that six that six car. And, um, wow, that's going to be a that is going to be a, a challenge to get that car and that team back up going again. Um, we're going to see. Uh, they say Brad's going to have fun with that, but I'll tell you what i I think there might be some sleepless nights there to figure out how to get that team. Uh, off the ground again that uh, you know that Roche is um, that whole team has been struggling and we'll see what Brad can do with that um, interesting story that'll be going through on 22. So in addition to uh, Brad and uh, bringing over Matt McCall from uh, he was the crew chief of Kurt Busch Matt was uh, they actually brought over some people from Penske that worked on the two crew and they also brought over um, at least two crew members. One was from William Byron's team and one was from maybe Joe Gibbs racing and they brought some other people along. So they're bringing in different people and trying to make some shifts that are going to make you think a little bit differently. So due to these changes and the new car and all that, I think that six car will be up and running faster than what people think. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, everybody's got a brand new car and everything like that. But I think it'll be a challenge. And, and but yeah, if you can bring in the right formula of the right people and new minds and everything like that, hey, who knows? Who knows? You never know, man. You could hit hit on something and take off from there. So, a lot of storylines we got looking forward to, man. So that's uh, yeah, that's twenty twenty two all in a in a bundle there. Absolutely. Um, and then also I'll mention this, uh, Mark, you were down four in the points, point standings coming into the playoffs. Uh, you did a great job picking. We were even for a lot of the weeks. You kind of took the lead at Martinsville by sweeping me with those three picks and you would go on to win by four. So I owe you, what is it? A case of beer, a bottle of peanut butter, a screwball peanut butter whiskey, and then we might have to figure out something else for the snowball derby. Uh, you it sounds like we might have to figure out something else, but I'm sure we'll figure it out. Uh, congratulations to you on your picks and uh, coming back from four down to, to win by four. Uh, great job. It was a lot of fun picking. I, I surely enjoyed picking it a little bit. Uh, I got some ideas for a context in, uh, next year that we'll talk about probably December or January. And then also, uh, we're not sure what we're going to be doing here for the Snowball Derby. Uh, it's been a busy time for both Mark and I. I got uh, life's going to change here uh, pretty pretty significantly for me in a good way here in the next week or so. So uh, we'll see what happens. I don't think we'll be going into in-depth interviews prior to the Snowball Derby like we did last year, but we'll see what we can do. And then we hope to catch up with Derek Krause and Ty Majeski. They've been asking to come on and we just, uh, with how busy we are and they are, it just hasn't happened yet. So exciting things coming here, probably after the snowball derby sometime, maybe into January. And, uh, Oh, it's, it's weird that we're kind of at the end of all of racing coming up here. We got the governor's cup, uh, this weekend down in new Smyrna and then 
and then the snowball derby and that ends it for a while. So we'll try to cover it the best we can get some interviews and, uh, Mark, I, I appreciate it and congratulations uh, on your win. Yeah, thanks, man. I, I worked hard at that. I told you when I was down four and you wanted to do a reset, I said, oh, no, 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 no. I want to have the challenge and come back, and and, and, I, and I did it, and, um, and I'm going to enjoy that peanut butter whiskey, dude. I'm going to savor every sip of that, baby. Um, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, isn't it something when you're in the racing season – and it just seems like it just gains steam as it goes, and it just goes so fast, and then all of a sudden, bang, you're into the off season. you know. A um, couple races here is still to look forward to. Um, boy, 2022, man, is going to be some good stuff. I'm starting to wait on seeing some of the local stuff that's going to start coming up with their schedules and stuff like that. Um, so that's also part of the silly season, too, to see what the, the local scene is going to be. I've uh, seen a little bits and pieces of that, but uh, yeah, that's all on the off season. That's what makes the off season fun, man. So uh, yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for making it a challenge to, um, to make those picks and stuff like that. Yeah. That last week, uh, you know, once when I was ahead that I had at least a tiebreaker with you, that was going to pick the same guy as you did. And right away you said, no, no, no. And then that would give you the championship. Well, buddy, that was the whole reason why, but uh, I jumped over and got Al Geyer on that, that last race and you know that last when Gregson hit that wall and I saw the rim was bent on that red red flag with six to go and well how is he going to drive that and uh yeah that that was Gregson's demise there at Phoenix and that, that got me the championship so um fun year man and uh got two more races to watch down south yep and then we'll take some time off and we'll get through the holidays and we'll crank her up again huh yeah yeah for sure and and uh like I said uh, Mark and I still have to discuss what we're going to do for the Snowball Derby coming up. We cover that every year, so we'll, we'll talk about that here and, and let everyone know. We appreciate your support this year. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. We're looking forward to 2022, as Mark said, and you can tell, um, man, this this stuff is so much fun. We just love love this sport, love talking about it, and um, it's been it's been great. So uh, thanks, everyone. Mark, that includes you, and uh, – We'll talk to you soon, and we'll we'll figure some things out yet. You betcha, you know. And uh, um, hats off to uh, Dan Fredrickson and and with Luther Van Racing with uh, with uh, some of the sponsorship they give us. We we love you guys. And uh, if anybody else wants to uh, throw their hat in the ring and get some sponsorship going, we'd appreciate it. Keep this thing going. And uh, yeah, everybody have a have a safe and happy holiday, man. That's for sure. And uh, yeah, we'll get ready for the twenty twenty two season for sure. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. We appreciate it so, so much. And we've had a lot of fun with the sponsors and, and all that. We, we appreciate it. Uh, there's been some things that we've been able to do extra because of that. So uh, we can't do without you, as Mark said. So um, we appreciate it. Appreciate all of our listeners, all of our fans. And then uh, we'll give you updates as, as soon as we can. Mark's Mark, as I said previously, thank you so much for your work on this, your information, your insight, your friendship, and uh, have a great holiday as well. That goes out to everyone, all of our listeners, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. Yep, we'll talk to you later. See ya. See ya. This has been a production of Double L Sports Network. Hope you all enjoyed it, and thank you for listening.